We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy for you to create your stunning website. Go to Wix.com and create your website today. It's easy and free. That's Wix.com. Welcome back to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for a free contest entry today at DraftKings.com. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, filling in for DJ Trainer, and we're going to break down the Wednesday box scores here with my co-host, Benny Ricciardi. You can always follow Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings Playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS and find me hosting the Fantasy Hoops Insider podcast over at TheFantasyHoopsInsider.com. Benny, welcome to the Wednesday show, my man. Yeah, I like it. I'm uh, usually a, a Monday-only kind of guy, but uh, filling in today, so doing double duty this week on the NBA pod, and it's actually a pretty good night. We got a lot of uh, a lot of games going on tonight, and you know, a couple games to talk about from yesterday. So I'm excited. 
Yeah, absolutely. Double duty. Uh, breaking necks and cashing checks, sir. So very nice. Um, want to let you know that the Rotowire Fancy Basketball is available five days a week on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you get a chance to rate, review us, please go ahead and do so. Don't forget to share and subscribe. All right, Benny. Uh, let's go ahead and kick it off right here at the top with uh, the latest fancy news. Some breaking stuff happening uh, that are going to affect a lot of uh, season-long lineups and DFS lineups for today. So uh, current Steph Curry, according to Rusty Simmons on Twitter, is uh, listed as doubtful for Wednesday. That's going to elevate Sean Livingston into the starting lineup. He's going to be a popular DFS target given that information. So you have that. Uh, Jeremy Grant. It's slated to start next to Nerlens Noel for the Sacramento Kings with Jaleel Okafor still battling his uh, knee injury. Um, but, however, Jaleel Okafor will be available to come off the bench Wednesday against the Kings. So a little bit strange there. It looks like maybe mm. sort of protecting them, uh, him a little bit. I don't understand why. If he's if he is not healthy enough to start, why not just rest him? You know, I, that uh, doesn't make uh, any sense to me. But, you know, I no, no, that's no slight on Keith Pompey. He's just a Sixers beat writer. I, and, you know... Um, you know, God have mercy on his soul for having to cover the, <laughs> Brett Brown and the 76ers. That guy's a, he's a saint. He's a patron saint of NBA coverage. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, according to Marcus, Mark Spears on Twitter, will not be suspended for his two technical fouls. Uh, so that's a, a very good news for DeMarcus Cousins owners and for people, um, you know, looking to uh, play uh, him in DFS or in season long or in daily streams. Uh, so that's some important information there. I air up on all the Sacramento Kings, including Ray, Ray John Rondo with uh, DeMarcus Cousins back in the lineup. I think he's going to just be an absolute beast against the Sixers uh, today. Would you agree? I think that he has a really good chance to. He had a he had a really bad game against the uh, Warriors last out, but he's been so solid for so long that you know if he's on your uh, season long team, you're definitely still rolling him out there, and it's not even a it's not even a thought in my mind to be honest. Right, it's just sort of a matter if like in in like DFS purposes or not, like whether or not you could trust him. And today is about as good a matchup as you can possibly get, especially with like the underside Noel, undersized Noel, and you know um, Jalil Okafor coming off the bench there. So very interesting how they see that playing out. Darren Williams, uh, according to Tim McMahon on Twitter, says he is out for Wednesday. That's going to be your boy, J.J. Barea, earning another start uh, in the lineups. The scoring has sort of trickled down after that hot start, but um, you know still can make a case for him in DFS matchups um, if you care to do so for Wednesday's action. Draymond Green, a lot of Golden State Warriors banged up as of late. Uh, Draymond, Draymond Green's battling an ankle, but he says he's good to go for Wednesday's game, according to Rusty Simmons. And Fessa Zazelli is actually out for Wednesday's action against Dallas. So that's going to um, sort of give maybe some uh, extra minutes to James Michael McAdoo uh, and then Andrew Bogut, obviously, who will get the start. Uh, so keep an eye on that there. Well, some other, from the um, most people don't care department, Ronnie Price is questionable for Wednesday with a toe injury. Uh, Doug McDermott has an, uh, a knee issue, but he's a game-time call for Wednesday. And Derek Favors, and people do care actually about this, uh, sat out shoot-around, um, but remains questionable for Wednesday's game against the Timberwolves. Uh, if he sits, I think that this this is probably a, a decent spot to sort of get some extra exposure for DFS purposes or for daily streams to some guys in the Timberwolves lineup because who are you worried about in that front line if Derek Favors doesn't play, Benny? Nobody. Yeah, you're right. As long as Gobert's out too, I mean, yeah. you know, you can basically. I, I mean, who's the biggest guy they're putting out there now? Like Booker, who's like what six nine? Yeah, I think what it's going to be is something like Karl Malone and Greg Ostertag having to come out of the stands or something like that to play some defense. So I'll tell you what, I bet you Malone could probably still body up uh, just about anybody in the post right now. He's a big dude. Yeah, I love. Did you ever hear the story about how he met his wife the first time they ever met and stuff? No. Um, I, apparently, she's Asian. I think she's Filipino, by the way, and, and I'm half Filipino too. So it's not like I'm trying to point fun at Filipinos or anything like this. This is just how how it happened. Not for sure if she is, but I know she's definitely Asian. So this big line of people, sign, and Carmelone's over there, like at the mall or something, signing autographs. And she's like, "Who's that?" And they're and you know, they're like, "Oh, that's the mailman." And she goes up to him after waiting in line or whatever with her friends, and she was like, hey, congratulations. You know, he's like, congratulations. She's like, well, aren't you the first black mailman in Utah? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, that's so good. That is so good. That's how, you know you met some, that's how you know you met somebody who, like, does not care about your professional life. You know what I mean? Like, they're yeah, that yeah. clueless about NBA, so. <laughs> that's funny, man. That's a good, that's that's a good story about uh that's a good uh you know how you met your wife story. Yeah, so um that's how you know um you don't have to you have to worry about the like the fame or the money or having a fangirl or whatever for for yeah. your 
you know, your life partner, your wife or whatever. So uh, good on him. I always loved that story when I first heard it, and I've told it a million times. All right, let's go ahead and, and that's the majority of the news that's happening today. That I mean, the biggest story was Curry, and we know that he's out, so we can adjust forward uh, for uh, today's action here. Uh, Terrence Jones, by the way, practiced on Wednesday and cleared to play Thursday, but that's for tomorrow's action. That's really the latest information that we have. Now we can dive into the box scores here, Benny, for Tuesday's action. Uh, overall, and we'll go ahead and start this off here with the first game that I have um, slated, uh, which is the Detroit Pistons at the New York Knicks. Detroit come up, comes up with a big win at home, 12-point win over on uh, Detroit. Um, you know, opposite records now, now 17 and 15 versus the Knicks at 15 18. This is a great spot where they get back on track uh, here uh, overall. Uh, held Andre Drummond to five of 15 shooting. Reggie Jackson six of seven. Uh, weird that uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope only took eight shots total. Carmelo Anthony does Carmelo Anthony things, shoots 24 shots, shoots it as an Allen Iverson efficiency level, mm-hmm. um, but does enough to get uh, get it done there. Uh, Porzingis, a little bit of a quiet game, 10 points, two more, just played 18 minutes. But this game was pretty much like they, they were maintaining close to a double-digit lead sort of towards the stretch down there um, in the fourth quarter, and they were forced to go big. Robin Lopez, for the first time, plays 36 minutes here and uh, gets 11 and 7 with a uh, whopping 6 blocks. So that's nice for anybody who gambled on him in DFS. Uh, but your overall thoughts for season long uh, uh, with this box score? Well, the thing that sticks out to me about Detroit is, you know, something that we've said a couple times before. If you look at the starters minutes, you got 36 from Ersan, 36 from Morris, uh, 36 from Drummond, 38 from Caldwell Pope, and 31 from Jackson. So I think all five of the starters on Detroit Pistons should be somebody who's on your radar. At the very least, if not on a team in a 10-man or definitely a 12-man, definitely a 14-man, if you're going to get guys that are going to be playing 30-plus minutes a game, I think all the starters for them are in play. It also means the guys coming off the bench who are a couple guys that we've been looking at. Um, you know, the Brandon Jennings thing is going to be interesting to me to see how that plays out. You know, he's a guy with upside that if you, if you're in a deep league where you have bench spots, I wouldn't mind taking him and stashing him because I have a feeling that they're going to wind up trading him to somebody who needs a point guard because I don't see how they're going to have him. I mean, Reggie Jackson has played so well that you can't take minutes away from Reggie Jackson, which is basically what we're seeing happening now. You know, Reggie Jackson and, uh, and Brandon Jennings basically split all the minutes at the point guard spot here. And you're not going to play both those guys 24 minutes a game. So I think that the ultimate end game for them is going to be to trade Brandon Jennings somewhere once he gets back up to speed. Because he was a solid, contributing, you know, decent NBA point guard before he got hurt. Um, other than that, though, I mean, I don't, I, you know, I like Stanley Johnson at the beginning of the year. I still think he kid has a lot of upside. But if he's only... If he's only getting 18, 20 minutes a game, I can't. I don't think you can really keep him around on your bench at that point. I think I'd rather have a guy like Jennings who has more upside to me at this point unless you get an injury to, like, Morris or, uh, you know, Coldwell Pope that opens up some room for, for Johnson. Then on the Knicks, I actually wanted to ask you this question because I know how much you love, uh, you know, Porzing God. But, you know, do you think this is something that we're going to see. Like, I mean, Lance Thomas got 30 minutes in this game, and Porzingis got 18. And, you know, he was four from six shooting. Do you think that this just had to do with matchups? Because I kind of feel like he would have been a pretty good matchup with Ersan Ilyasova. You know, I don't, I don't see why they wouldn't have kept him in there. Like, I can understand how you want Lopez to play a little more because you need a little bit of a bigger body to deal with Drummond. And, I mean, for as much as we love Porzingis and the fact that he's 7'3", I mean, you know, he does need to put on a little bit of muscle before he can be a, you know, true stopper down there in the post with those guys. Um, But 18 minutes seems like a very small amount for a guy that a lot of people are in love with. Yeah, but I'm officially concerned at this point if I'm a Porzingis owner in season long right now. And what I'm going to do is wait for the next hot streak where he's – turns back into Porzing God and then I'm shopping is what I'm going to do because um, it's become inconsistent and he's hit the rookie wall a little early. Remember this is a guy that they thought that was going to take two to three years to develop and then everybody was sort of anointed into the next coming when he started balling out of control. Now we're sort of seeing that he doesn't have the legs right now in what what are we in like you know game 32, game 33 for mm-hmm. you know which would be like the end of a college season. For yeah. a regular season, anyway. Um, so you know, I have I have legitimate concerns, and I don't know if this is Derek Fisher saying, "Okay, we're going to get you some rest because we've got a double digit lead and we can afford to go big given the matchup where they need to play Robin Lopez." 
um, to because you know you can't play Porzingis at se- at center um, in that matchup against Andre Drummond. So either way, I have concerns, and I'm looking to to get into a good spot where I can sell because I don't know I, I don't want to deal with this you know level of inconsistency. It's going to be maddening throughout the seasons, and it's only you know like we said not even not even up to the halfway point yet. So that's going to be my overall take on that of um, uh, my approach into how I handle that. Now, taking a look at uh, the rest of the box score here, not too much to, to really, uh, you know, be impressed about. Lance Thomas does play 29 minutes, but doesn't do much with it, just seven points. Aaron mm-hmm. Aflalo with nine and six. So, you know, uh, Calderon was nice and efficient, 15 points and, and four assists, but you're, never, you're not blown away by anybody. You never really feel like you got a ton of value any, out of anybody except for Carmelo, who scored 24 points. And, and it's like, you know, it's all a, a mini miracle that he had six assists because he's like, you know, average two for his career. Maybe less, um, but aside from that, you know, you didn't learn too much. Uh, Marcus Morris, you know, he was okay. Or, you know, Ilya Silva, nineteen points, really nothing of note. You know, off the bench there, except for Brandon Jennings playing sixteen minutes and Stanley Johnson playing eighteen. I would love to see Brandon Jennings go to Philly, but they'll never eat that contract. You know, so with that, without... and, and I mean, they just got they just went and traded a couple picks to get Smith back too. So I can't I can't see them like doubling up. But I agree with you. I, you know, he. He needs to find a landing spot because I think he's a, he's better than some of the guys that some of these teams are rolling out there now, mm-hmm. and I think that it only hurts Detroit taking minutes away from Reggie Jackson. Like you don't need another, and Brandon Jennings is not going to be happy playing twelve fifteen minutes a game. You know he's he, he he's going to want to be playing more too, and that's just going to cause it's just going to be a bad situation all around. They need to ship him. Yeah, so we'll we'll see how this ends up uh, playing out overall. Something to keep an eye on for sure. All right, uh, let's go ahead and move ahead to the next box score on the slate. Five games total uh, on the Tuesday slate. Miami against Memphis. Memphis gets the win, ninety to uh, ninety nine. Sort of a struggle struggling situation here. I did like uh, Hassan Whiteson in this matchup, but crazy how somehow in the term in the in the course of this game flow and i maybe this uh, he still plays 36 minutes i know he had foul trouble because he ended up fouling out of this game but Mm -hmm. he he still played a ton 36 minutes was you know a a, a hefty sum there and only gets four shots does that was that weird to you that he goes for 11 rebounds and 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 two of four um in this game against marcus who you know is known for playing like good face-up defense um, but I don't really, but isn't like a terribly big shot blocker. He had zero, um, you know, well, he had four blocks, shot block, shots blocked in this game, but he's at like, as far as centers go, he's sort of like fallen off and underperformed, uh, in terms of blocks per game, just like, you know, f- uh, for his career, um, 1.2 this season, which is a career low actually. And it's, and it's been trending in the wrong direction in three out of the past four years. Uh, so I, I was a little bit surprised by that overall, and I, I also hated on the fact that you know he's like like what averaging seven point six rebounds per game, which is garbage for a center in in, mm-hmm. in my mind. So I thought Hassan Whiteside had a good double double opportunity here. But what's your thoughts on that take? Yeah, I mean the biggest thing for me is that that Whiteside is just really not involved in the offense at all. Like he had he only had four shots because he only had two offensive rebounds in this game, and that seems to be pretty much how he gets his shots. He either gets his shots by cleaning up the glass, offensive rebounds, or he gets his shots by, like, somebody else, like D. Wade, penetrate into the basket, drawing his man to him and then dumping it off to him. They don't give him the ball in the post. He doesn't really have a good post-up game. He doesn't have a lot of moves down there around the basket. He's not somebody who can step out and shoot the, you know, 10 to 15-foot jump shot. So he's going to have a lot of games like this. I mean, this is, you know, there's a couple knocks on, on Hassan Whiteside that, you know, I know some people fall in love with him. You know, because he has a high field goal percentage, but he has a high field goal percentage because he only takes seven, eight shots a game and they're all dunks. So you're not going to get the points out of him. He does rebound very well. You're going to get close to double digit rebounds out of him. And normally he gives you a lot of block shots as well. I think he had five in this game too, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, that's the upside with him. The downside with him is, you know, he doesn't shoot free throws incredibly well. So, you know, Bolstra doesn't like the fact that he doesn't have a huge offensive game, takes him out a lot of times down the stretch of close games. So, you know, there's upsides and downsides to, to Whiteside long term for me. You know, and, and this is just one of the downside games. Like, he has games where he'll score 18 to 20 points. I don't have games like this where he scores five in 36 minutes. You know, it's, it's something that we've seen with him. And then the foul trouble, too, is also something that we've seen. So I think Marcus Gasol and his old man value kind of did a number on, uh, on Whiteside today. You know, this game also, you know, remember, 93-90, 
sounds like a low score, but this was actually a game that went into overtime too. So imagine what the score would have been at the end of regulation. These are two teams that play kind of slow and, you know, you really got to be careful having too many guys from either one of these teams on your fantasy team because, you know, you're not always going to get big scores and big stat lines out of them. Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. So um, I'm probably not going to make this mistake twice. I tried to gamble because I thought Hassan Whiteside could get himself into a good spot, and he's playing well as of late and sort of burned me for DFS purposes. So I'll learn my lesson and stay away from Marcus Ole, even though he's, you know, the underlying numbers saying not a great rebounder, not a, uh, an effective shot blocker, two things that Hassan Whiteside specializes in and should be the, the floor is a double-double, and he only gets four shots. So Yeah. Now, let me let me ask you a quick question. You tell me if you think this had a lot to do with it as well. Um, you know how Memphis had kind of been going with Matt Barnes at the three and playing like that smaller lineup, playing a little bit faster, a little bit of a higher pace, and their defense had been down as well? Right. You actually had Zebo starting in this game because Barnes was suspended. Right. So they went back to kind of the starting five that they had last year when they were a much better defensive unit. Like last year, we didn't want to take guys against Memphis. This year, we're, we're kind of okay with doing it because – they haven't really been locking people down. Do you think that affects a lot of, you know, what what went on in this game? Cause I, I do actually because you have to figure there's a big difference in in uh, you know um, you know post uh, defense with Jeff Green at the four versus uh, Zebo, who's an absolute bully uh, mm-hmm. inside, and you know was like for a good stretch of last season was a double double machine. So that yep. probably had to affect him from a rebounding perspective and for like help defense purposes against Marcus Sol who for whatever reason, you know, decides to pick this game to come up with four blocks. So, yes, I do. I'm, I'm buying that narrative for sure. And I think it makes a lot, uh, a lot of sense. So um, that's something I, I will – we'll see how long that lasts. So hopefully they flip back to the um, the previous lineup with Jeff Green at the one um, – or, I mean, at the four with Matt Barnes after the two-game suspension uh, there as mm-hmm. well because I prefer that. It makes more sense for me in terms of playing Jeff Green. I can feel better about playing teams against Memphis. Um, in that spot. So it gives us more flexibility and options. So the Zebo to you, the Zebo love is now like a two day thing, right? Like this isn't yes. a, you know, it's not something to hop on this train with. Right. You know, it's like, you know what, I'm the, I'm, uh, you know, if you're, you know, dating Zebo, you're out of town. You know what I mean? You're only here on business for a couple nights and you know, um, that, uh, you know, you're, you're steady Eddie. So Matt Barnes is coming back, uh, you know, at, after your little, you know, hiatus or whatever like that. And so you're, you're back to business normal. Enjoy your fling while it lasts. And then after that, um, as, as long as the starting lineup returns to normal, then, um, that's where I'll basically be back on the Jeff Green train. All right. We can move forward from this game here and talk about the high scoring output that was the Milwaukee and the Oklahoma City, uh, Thunder here. So, um, big time scoring, uh, overall. Kevin Durant has been, um, straight up beast mode since he came back off that little injury uh, there as well. Not that you know, we were ever concerned about him you know, being a monster. Didn't actually shoot uh, efficiently from three, six of 18, but 13 threes, threes made, six rebounds, eight assists, you know, to, uh, chipped in well overall. And Russell Westbrook went for 27, seven and seven with five steals, which is absolutely monstrous as well. Nothing. I don't know why I'm pointing that out because everybody knows those guys are monsters. So let's talk about what happened with, um, the rest of the team, like Enos Cantor scoring 23 and 21 minutes. And, you know, what you think about Michael Carter-Williams, Chris Middleton, and uh, Tentacumpo here? Yeah, um, well, let's start with Cantor because he's actually been somebody who's got done this in a couple games in a row now. It's not just a one-time thing that he's done this. He's had a couple pretty good games that he's put together. So I think he's got to be somebody that we start looking at at least. Um, 10-team leagues, I wouldn't be there yet, but 12, 14-team leagues – you know, he's probably better than whatever backup center you have sitting there on your roster now because he's better than some of the starting centers that are rolling out for a few of these teams. He doesn't play big minutes. You know, I would really like to see – not that you ever want to wish injury on anybody, but if a guy like there, you know that he can put up fantasy stats, and he's somebody who's probably a better – fantasy player than he is a real life player because of that um you know so that's probably the way i would look at there mcw again with kid out now getting his surgery i'm not sure if he's back yet but we've been seeing mcw playing more minutes you know we know he's a guy that's always been able to put stats up across the board so he's somebody that i think is in play and then um even middleton middleton's been a guy who's been scoring you know he had 36 in this game which is not something i would expect out of him every day but he is playing a lot of minutes, and he's putting up a lot of points. So I definitely think that he's viable as well. So I actually like um, all three of those guys 
you know, Carter Williams and Middleton, if they're available, even in a 10-man league, I would snatch them up. Uh, Cantor would probably have to be like a 12 or a 14 team league where, you know, I really needed to get some scoring punch out of like a backup center or if I had somebody, you know, who's been hurt or something, I, I wouldn't mind going, uh, you know, going in that direction as a, you know, a streaming option. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I think that makes uh, a fair amount of sense overall. Now, the, the, the way I'm looking at this here is, um, interesting to note that the, the starting lineup sort of shifted a little bit. Michael Carter Williams, Chris Middleton back to the two, Jabari Parker at the four. Uh, this is the lineup that that I, I uh, that I like. If you're going to model Golden State Warriors small ball lineup, there's Greg Monroe at the center. There, you know, only 19 minutes, but sort of when there's when you have to go full shootout mode, they they worked more minutes in there for for uh, OJ Mayo and for whatever, whatever reason, John Henson played 25 minutes, which. Which I always love because I've been screaming about him being in the starting line for some time. And he comes up with five blocks, so that was nice. Um, but didn't really fit what they, you know, what you were trying to match on on defense for Oklahoma City. And you know, this is why you gave up 131 points. So, um, you know, interesting to know OJ Mayo is a guy that people were sort of trusting in the starting line. It looks like he, if this continues to have some success, not that they had success against Oklahoma City, at least offensively they did. You may see this version of the lineup going forward. So something to keep tabs on for those of you who own Middleton, own. Jabari Parker, and uh, we're maybe trying to do, get invested in OJ Mayo. All right, we're going to move on to the fourth game on the slate here. Benny, we're talking about the Atlanta Hawks getting the 121-115 win, upset win on the road. Uh, for whatever reason, the Houston Rockets were favored by about, I think, two or three points, but Atlanta has been the better team all season long. They proved it once again in this matchup. All all the stars, with the exception of Kyle Korver, who throws up uh, – Almost a golden sombrero there. 0 from 11 from the field, 0 for 10 from three-point line. All he had to do was miss the two free throws, and he would have had the, uh, the golden sombrero NBA mm. version of that. Just two points there, but it didn't matter uh, because the rest of the team just went ham in this matchup, and uh, Rockets couldn't keep pace. Your thoughts on this box score? A uh, couple things that stand out to me. One thing I wanted to ask, because I didn't even know this, Broder got hurt? Uh, who? Um, Dennis Schroeder, or however oh, you say Oh, Schroeder. That. Schroeder? Is that how you say it, Schroeder? Uh, yeah, it's Schroeder. Schroeder. Okay. Schroeder, Schroeder. <laughs> I, know he's, I know he's European. I wanted to give him the accent, you know. <laughs> Schroeder. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, um, I, I can, I'll, I'll check on that while, we, while, while you move forward with the rest of your analysis. Yeah, no, I mean, basically, you're looking at all the starters here. They all played more minutes than you usually see. The only guy you usually see up there for Atlanta in the 35-minute range is Millsap. Um, it was a good matchup for Horford. We know big guys had been doing well against, uh, the Rockets basically all year. So Millsap and Horford were, were guys who you expected to do well. Um, when Horford gets the minutes, he, he's a very high fantasy point per minute producer. But the problem is he doesn't always get the minutes. So in this game, he actually did get the minutes and he did pretty well with them. Uh, Kent Bazemore is a guy we talked about last week on the show who, you know, is back in the starting lineup and playing 30 plus minutes. Basically taking over um, that Damari Carroll role, probably a lesser defender but a better scorer, which for fantasy purposes is actually what we like. So he's another guy that should be on your radar. If he's available, he should be picked up in a lot of 10-man leagues, I think. Um, you're looking down further, you know, Corver, not really anything there. You get a lot of minutes out of Teague when, uh, you know, Schroeder is out. So that's a good thing that you want to look at as long as, you know, he's not playing. Going down to the Houston side, you did have Terrence Jones that was hurt this game. You saw uh, Montejunas pick up a lot of those minutes with 27 minutes, but he didn't really do much with them. Uh, Clint Capella is still a guy that's pretty solid whenever he gets the time. So if you get an injury to Dwight Howard or if you get a, a long-term injury to, you know, Terrence Jones where he's going to be out for a while, I think Capella is somebody who you want to add because he, you know, basically put up another double-double here, had 17-10, and 10, and he put up some big games earlier in the season when he was playing center without Howard. So he's somebody that's on my radar Definitely think you guys should put him on your watch list. I wouldn't go out there and pick him up just yet. Um, but if things break where his minutes get a little bit more consistent, I think he's somebody I want to look at. Uh, one thing that I've been noticing lately, too, with Houston, Ty Lawson's starting to get more minutes at the point guard spot at the expense of Patrick Beverly. So people who picked up Patrick Beverly when he first came back and had a couple good games early on, you know, his numbers have really fallen off the table. And this just just another example of it here. I mean, he finished this game with nine points, one assist, and one turnover, and nothing else on his entire stat line. So, you know, Lawson actually went for 14 points, four assists. Lawson played 25 minutes. Beverly only played 20. You know, everybody else is pretty much the same. You're going to lock in, you know, Ariza gets big minutes. 
Uh, Howard is playing big minutes now that he's healthy, putting up some decent numbers. And Harden's always going to play big minutes and put up big numbers. But the Lawson-Beverly thing is something that I've been keeping my eye on. I don't think I like either guy enough to pick them up yet. But I do think if I was somebody that picked up Beverly, now might not be the worst time to, you know, get rid of him and see what else is available out there. Uh, I like that they're uh, there as well. So, um, and by the way, Dennis Schroeder, DMP CD. Looks like I'm uh, reading between the tea leaves here about like all this coach speak for for Shelvin Mack and everything like that. It seems like he doghouse himself somehow, and the, the, so they gave the, the minutes to Shelvin Mack, and you just saw Jeff T play uh, big minutes, and you know. Uh, overall in some you know 20 minutes go over to uh, to Cephalosha so um yeah for whatever reason that's what happened we don't have an explanation but you know Schroeder's going to be a, a fade until he gets himself uh, back into the good graces of uh, Mike Budenholzer uh, yep. last game on the slate here Benny we've got the Cleveland Cavaliers at the Denver Nuggets uh Denver kept this competitive thing uh overall um in this matchup Kevin Love shoots bad Kyrie Irving gets some rest Matthew Delvadova sort of let everybody down in the DFS community with a underwhelming performance um you know did get seven rebounds and five assists and totally kill you but not as productive as we originally thought will barton does will barton things uh, and and um you know mike malone continues to bring his best player off the bench which continues to kill me i know that he's playing great but how, why not seeing if he can play great in the starting lineup as your best player uh so uh and then we still have the overall timeshare 22 minutes for jokic 24 minutes for lavernier uh how do you uh react to the box score for Tuesday's action. Yeah, I mean, a couple things that you want to look at here. You know that there are a lot of guys that are that are out for them. You know, they're missing Wilson Chandler and Gallinari, who are their two small forwards. Uh, Moutier, who is one of the point guards there. So you look at guys like Gary Harris, who's been getting a few more minutes. You know, this is not a one-time thing. We've seen Harris get a lot of minutes in a lot of games recently. Doesn't have really huge upside, but, I mean, he gave you 12 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals in this game. You know, that's that's a useful fantasy stat line. So if you're looking for somebody to pick up, like, a short-term guard ad, I think he's somebody that you might want to look at. You know, like I said, he played 30 minutes in this game, so it's not like he's getting cheated. I've been having trouble figuring out what's going on with the big man situation over there. You know, Kenneth Fareed, to me, has the most fantasy upside, but he's only playing, like, 25 minutes a game. You know, you're getting uh, Papa Nicolau in there now for 20 minutes a game. You're getting Laverne for Lavernier for 20 minutes a game. You know, you're getting Jokic for 20 minutes a game. Darrell Arthur's getting 20 minutes a game. I don't want a piece of any of these guys at that point. I mean, like I said, Fareed is probably the best of the bunch. Um, and even him, I don't I don't really want anything to do with. So I've kind of been staying away from most of the bigs on Denver. I agree with you. It's basically Will Barton right now. And, you know, like I said, maybe a little bit of Gary Harris as a as a cheap streaming option or if you're in a deep league. But other than that, nobody's even playing over 30 minutes on this team. Yeah, so not very exciting overall. If unless I own Fareed, and you know Fareed didn't really like overwhelm you with what he did, it was fine. But you know, you, you needed him to make a bigger impact to to, to keep him closer in this game. Uh, you know, since he plays a completely different style than uh, Kevin Love does, and he did do a good job on Kevin Love defensively. Kevin Love just four sixteen and an oh five from three. Kevin Love to me is just going to be like a playoff X factor. I know this really isn't fantasy related. I love the fact that he got 14 rebounds. He did his job there as well, but you've, he's, I don't never felt like he's really gotten himself completely comfortable into the offensive flow with LeBron James. And this is going to be something that holds them black back like in the NBA finals. I mean, they don't even, they, they could even, you know, uh, you know, like what happened with Boston when he went out for the, for the rest of the playoffs with that shoulder injury. It didn't matter for the Eastern conference, but it matters that he um, is like a, mitigating factor against Draymond Green and I don't I just don't know if he's actually going to be that now let's so we'll flip it back to the fantasy perspective here overall Kevin Love knowing what you know now um Kyrie Irving back in the mix um how do you feel about his fantasy value for the rest of the way and what what, what do you reasonably expect him to produce I mean I think he's put it this way when Kyrie was out earlier in the year and he was putting up like 20 and 12 and 20 and 15 and you know, they were really going to him. There were points in the game where the LeBron was legitimately deferring to Kevin Love and they were running plays to post him up and get him the ball and feed him. I thought he was fine and a viable fantasy option. If he's on your team, you're not getting rid of him at this point. Um, but he's not going to be one of your studs. Like he, he probably wasn't worthy of being a top, you know, three or four round pick if you, if you went up there and, and picked him up that early in a draft. 
I mean, we saw it all last season, and we're starting to see it now. Even with Kyrie not playing in this game, you know, he, he had a bad shooting game, so I don't want to knock him. I mean, he did still take 16 shots. He was 0 for 5 from 3, which is not really Kevin Love-like. But, you know, he's going to be able to give you some rebounds. He's going to be able to give you some of those other stats. And he's going to still play 30 to 35 minutes a game. So he's not a guy that you're going to cut or a guy that you're probably going to bench. But I just don't think you're going to get the upside out of him that you were expecting for, you know, the price that you probably wound up paying for. Okay, yeah, overall, I just, you know, I, I wonder... If okay, so here's the next question for you, I, and I think you sort of answered this in a roundabout way, but I'll just, you know, sort of clarify it here. Um, Kevin Love, um, in the starting lineup with Kyrie Irving and LeBron James, uh, Kyrie enhances or uh, decreases his fancy value for the rest of the season? Oh, definitely, definitely decreases, mostly because of the scoring opportunities. There, he's going to get less shots. He's also going to. They're not going to run as much of the offense through him. You know, with Kyrie and LeBron there, they kind of run the, the, they spread the floor a little more and try to let those guys find some lanes to drive to the hole a little more. Um, so Kevin Love goes from being a guy who they ran some post plays to and tried to dump the ball down to inside to basically the spot up shooter in the corner. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So, and you know, and never really showed a ton of like post moves. You're like, wow, they should just feed him in the post more because I mean, he did, did, did a fair job of, uh, of that. Um, in Minnesota, but that was balanced out by him just getting shots all over the floor, you know, post up, three pointers, perimeter, being able to clear outs, and all, a lot of that stuff doesn't just just doesn't happen for him. He gets the ball late in the shot clock when LeBron James decides to give it to him. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Well, I, I think a really good comparison for people in this situation to kind of think about is remember when Chris Bosh went down to Miami? Now, if you remember Chris Bosh as a guy in the Toronto Raptors, he was the man. So he was getting all the ball late in the shot clock. He was the guy that was getting fed late in the game. You know, he was the guy that was putting up the big numbers. On um, this team, just like Kevin Love on this Cleveland team right now, when he went down to Miami, he became option number three. Well, Kevin Love right now with, you know, Kyrie and LeBron is option number three. So it's not that the guy isn't still talented and won't occasionally put up that 25 and 15 game for you. He's just not getting the same opportunity to do so as he did when he was in Minnesota. So if you're still looking at him as the guy from Minnesota, you know, you're probably overvaluing the guy that he is now. It doesn't mean he's any less of a player. He's just not getting the same opportunity, and, and you know, that translates into his fantasy scores. I also saw the most hilarious Instagram put picture, too, of Kevin Love. You know he's got the pencil mustache going right now, right? Yes. And he's got the whole, like, the extra hair that's flowing, like, like almost poofy outside of the hairband. Uh-huh. Um, somebody Instagram photo shopped his that fix that his 2015 current quaff and pencil mustache next to uh, I think Zoolander. <laughs> you know how he's working out, working out like at at the gym to start the the, the movie or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, and it's really is like closer than you think. And I was like, oh, that should be every reason in the world to just go back to the buzz cut, Kevin Love. Seriously, <laughs> out of control. Yeah. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the box score breakdown for uh, Tuesday's action. Now we're going to get into some top trending players here, Benny. So what I've done is gone to the research tab in my uh, local Yahoo League, and this is the same available um, uh, information for uh, most uh, players. We play in a 12-team head-to-head, so these are the players that are currently trending and available um, for me to pick up in this league, which I think is going to be about standard for the for the most part. I don't have exact ownership percentages on these guys. I think I can actually click on it and pull it up though um that's a nice one of the nice features that yahoo added um as of late yeah just two percent owned first guy i want to mention here tyler johnson gets 31 minutes against memphis uh, hits three trays 13 points for rebounds three assists always been a good score sort of a uh you know uh uh two guard in a point guard's body your thoughts on adding tyler johnson um in any of your fantasy leagues well, even even before like the recent week or two where he's seen his minutes kind of come up, he's a guy who's been getting a decent amount of minutes, and they've even been playing him in the fourth quarter some. I mean, we talked earlier about Hassan Whiteside and how he hasn't finished games a lot of times. You know, we've seen guys like Justin Winslow and, and Tyler Johnson in there in the fourth quarter more than we've seen Whiteside in there. So especially now, I know Justice Winslow was banged up. I think he sat out the other day. Um, Dwayne Wade was a little banged up even though he played. There's always a chance that Wade can go out, and, you know, Tyler Johnson's been seeing some of those minutes to, you know, kind of give those guys a little bit of rest. So I think he's a viable option. 
I don't really know if I love him in a 10 team. Like, I don't think that he's, I don't think I'm there yet in a 10 team, but 12 or 14 team, yeah, definitely you got to pick him up at this point. All right, fair enough. For me, yeah, it's got to be deeper league only, and I think it makes more sense if you own shares of like D Wade, Justice Winslow, some of the guard options, maybe even Goran Dragic. Yeah, yeah, to for I mean, maybe less so Goran Dragic because I would just elevate Ben Udra. But yeah, like as D Wade insurance or in a deeper league, you know, uh, where he can be and and like in spots has been a factor, then it makes some sense. But not some guy I'm really gonna like go out of my way to go grab. Somebody who interests me much more. Uh, Benny here that uh, has a fair amount of ownership percentage right on the cusp of whether or not you can sort of grab him in 12-team leagues. It's Jamal Crawford uh, here, 52% owned, uh, getting uh, extra minutes here. Comes up with a nice performance of uh, three trays, 21 points, uh, and two assists. Uh, we know Blake Griffin's out for the next two weeks. Your thoughts on adding Jamal Crawford to your fantasy lineups? I, I actually liked him and J.J. Redick a lot more, more uh, two days ago before Austin Rivers had officially come back. I still like him. I mean, basically, they need scoring. And you know DeAndre Jordan's not a guy who scores. You know, they're running out Mbamute and, you know, Wes Johnson and Paul Pierce and, like, 15 other guys that play small forward for them. And none of them are guys who are going to put up 20 or 25 points. I mean, other than Chris Paul... You know, J.J. Redick and Jamal Crawford are pretty much the only other two guys who I have faith in that can put up a, you know, double-digit scoring game, 15, 25 points, somewhere in that range. So I do like him for now. I don't think it's a long-term situation, though. I mean, we've seen him playing much less minutes a couple weeks ago when Blake was healthy and everybody else was healthy. But as long as Blake's out, I think he's going to get more shots. So I think he's a viable short-term ad um, as a guy who can give you some scoring and... You know, a little bit in the other categories, not a lot. Like, he's not going to get you a a double-double in rebounds or assists or steals or blocks or anything like that. But he's useful for the scoring and and the shooting, and, you know, he's able to add a couple other little stats in there, especially while he's getting the extra minutes. All right, fair enough. I think that makes some some, uh, sense for me uh, there as well. We'll move on to the number three added player here um, as of today's list uh, going forward. And um, just clicked off the page. That's, That's great. And it is Andrew Bogut who gets a little bit of a tick up. This might be a little sort of a streaming uh, option, a la DFS play with with uh, Festus Azili uh, going out. Andrew Bogut um, in line for extra minutes. Been fairly um, underwhelming overall, but is 59% owned, only averaging 5.5 points and 6.9 rebounds per game there. Uh, did have four blocks against Cleveland in 24 minutes, so can be useful in some spots. Your thoughts on adding Andrew Bogut, where he's viable? I think it really comes down to the question of how many minutes you think he's going to get. Because let's say if you take a look at his game logs for this year, he's under 20 minutes in most of the games that he's played. The one game he played 31 minutes against Brooklyn, he finished with 10 points, 18 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, 3 blocks. The second most minutes he's played in any game this season has been 26 against Utah a few games back, and he went for 10 points, 13 rebounds, 4 assists, and a block. So if you're telling me that you're going to get me closer to 30 minutes than the 20 minutes he's been playing from Andrew Bogut, I think he's a guy who should be on rosters in 10-team leagues. The problem I have is if you look at all the games that he's played this season, which breaks down to... You know, he didn't play all of them. He missed about eight or nine games, so probably roughly 24 games this season. He's only played over 22 minutes in four of them, or five of them, I'm sorry. In five games, he's played over 22 minutes. So if he's not going to get more time, I don't think he's going to give me enough of the stats that I want. If he is going to get the time, he's a play that you want to have on just about every team because I think he's definitely a viable option that can get you, you know, a double-double on almost any given day. All right, fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I need I need a longer injury timeline from Azeli for him to be a little bit more of a viable option. But he's never been a, a, a significant factor on the offensive end anyway. So you're really just buying rebounds and blocks, and mm-hmm. you might get some extra minutes. But I think they sort of prefer prefer Azeli and his you know uh, ability to be a better health defender um, in the lineup overall. So uh, it's not shouldn't be too long as long as that injury doesn't linger, where it's back to sort of a like a timeshare split. Yep. Talk about another Golden State player who's getting elevated on the uh, notes that uh, Steph Curry is now doubtful for, for Wednesday's action here. Are you scared about this being turning into like a long-term multi-week injury with Steph Curry? Because it seems a little bit like, you know, weird 
whispers about him being like, oh, questionable game time decision, blah, 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 going for an MRI, you know? So yeah. how, how do you treat this news? Or do you feel like we're, there's something we don't know just yet? Or um, because, you know, he, Sean Livingston is a number two added player. Should fancy owners be getting a little bit more aggressive, particularly if they're like a Steph Curry owner in their like fab bids? If you do do fab bids in one of my leagues, I, we do do rolling waivers every week. So people like, you know, Sean Livingston just don't get scooped up for whoever just finds the news first. Um, uh, what, what's your approach here? Yeah, I mean, basically, here, here's my problem. And it's exactly what you said is we don't really know. We don't really have any definitive information one way or another. Here's what I do know of the situation. I know that if Steph Curry is out, I would like to have shares of Livingston. I don't think Livingston is going to put up Steph Curry numbers, so everybody just kind of slow your roll on that for a minute. But this is still a high-paced team that likes to push the ball. He's somebody you can pick up off waiver wires that is probably going to play 25 to 35 minutes. He's probably going to get you close to double-digit points. He's going to get you close to double-digit assists. He is a guy who grabs a couple rebounds and gets you a couple steals and blocks. So he's definitely a viable option while Steph Curry is out. Now, if I'm in a fab league, I'm not going to blow my entire wad um, trying to go and get this guy. I don't think that he's somebody that's worth 80% of your available fab budget or anything like that. Unless we do hear for sure that Steph Curry is going to be out. If we get that information, then, you know, all bets are off and he's somebody that I think, you know, you still want to spend a significant amount of money on. But, I mean, from everything that I'm reading and hearing, you know, unless I hear that this is going to be a long-term thing, I expect Steph to be back in, in at most a week or so. And at that point, I think Livingston basically is back to, you know, being a guy who should be on the waiver wire and not on anybody's roster. All right, fair enough. So, um, for insurance purposes... Yeah, definitely. Steph Curry owners need to start rostering Sean Limpton wherever possible, and um, like it just seems very sketchy and questionable as to what, how real this injury actually is. So we're gonna have to start paying attention to the news there going forward. And the last piece of news that we have to talk about here: John Henson plays 25 minutes, goes for eight and six, five blocks here. I, um, he's the number one added player um, by far um, on the, on this list. The only added player for today's action who. Uh, reached over a thousand ads and he's actually got over 5,000 uh, ads, you know, more than five times uh, Sean Livingston here. What's the, what's the deal here? What are people trying to, to sort of learn or derive? Um, and, uh, you know, out of, out of this group here, because he came off the bench and you I mean, aside from the five blocks, you're not terribly impressed by this performance. Uh, this one has me a little perplexed to be honest. And let me kind of walk you guys through what I'm thinking here, because I don't get all this love for John Henson. Now, John Henson's been around for a number of years and has never really broken through. He's had a couple times where he's been relevant and then hasn't been relevant, but he's never really gotten to the point where he's like a consistent starter, getting consistent minutes, you know, consistent fantasy production out of him. You know, he, he's just kind of like a guy who shows these little flashes. Now, you have Greg Monroe at center for you who, again, like we said, only played 19 minutes in that game. I don't know if everybody's looking at the last game and thinking that that's the reason you had Henson because he played more minutes than Monroe. And you also have Jabari Parker, who only played 20 minutes in the last game, too. Now, to me, Monroe's the guy you went out there and traded for and gave big money to. So you got to think, well, actually, they gave big money to Henson, too. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess you can't really look at it that way. But I think Monroe's a better player than Henson. So I would expect him to get more minutes. I also think Parker being somebody who they, you know, just picked up and added last year from the draft is somebody who they're trying to develop and build around. So I would expect him to get more minutes too. I mean, even without Jason Kidd down there in Milwaukee, I think there's just too many guys getting minutes for me to feel comfortable with any of them. And either, even so, you know, you're picking up Henson off of a good game where he played 25 minutes. 25 minutes is not a lot. It's not like this is a guy who's playing a predominant amount of time at either the center or the power forward spot. He's an okay option, I guess. If you're in a deep league, you know, he's probably better than some of the other guys on the waiver wire, but I'm not, I don't understand why people are really targeting him that heavy. It wouldn't be something that I would go out there and try to do. Yeah, for me too, I'm, I'm not overly, um, you know, excited about the, 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 um, prospects of him like repeating a five block performance or, or getting 25 consistent minutes if you told me greg monroe was injured or Javari parker was injured and you know and jason kidd or you know jason kidd's fill-in or whatever came out and said yes this is going to be our, our starter going forward then i understand what you're trying to sell me but other than that it's a little bit 
perplexing to me to try to understand what the deal is uh, in terms of the ad. I think it's just it's like desperate owners who are you know sort of behind in blocks or rebounds in, in looking for an out viable options. So why we have Bogut and uh, John Henson in two of the top three ads. There. I guess it also lends itself to, to saying in fancy leagues, center is the thinnest position um, in terms of depth overall when you have people reaching out for these guys like these who have um, you know limited upside in roles overall. All right, and uh, before we uh, uh, get out of here, Benny, we have to let you know uh, that if you haven't checked out uh, uh, DraftKings.com, you can be part of the season action all season long over at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy basketball partner of RotoWire. With daily fantasy, you don't need to spend any months micromanaging a roster, play whenever you want. Uh, you can pick up a new team every day, challenge your friends in a custom league to prove you're the superior GM, GM or square off against basketball fans around the world, uh, around the country for big uh, for big prizes. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter the promo code ROTOHOOPS to play free. DraftKings, the official partner of RotoWire. That's promo code ROTOHOOPS at DraftKings.com. Um, any other stuff that you got coming up here before we get out of here, Benny? Uh, no, that's uh, pretty much about it for me. All right, we're going to hang up on this show and press record once again for the RotoWire DFS podcast for the Thursday edition. Benny and I are hosting that uh, five days a week, um, Wednesday through Saturday there as well. You can check out our uh, NBA DFS plays every day on the RotoWire DFS podcast. Um, and we're also using uh, RotoWire's um, lineup optimizers uh, and projections. So if, whether or not you're playing season long and you're looking for customizable league projections for some of your top players, you want to know who to pick up based on your individual settings in your league, or if you're trying to do, uh, like we mentioned here, and get involved in DraftKings, using the promo code ROTOHOOPS, you can use a free 10-day trial, rotowire.com slash pod, to take advantage of both. We'll give you um, free access for 10 days to your season-long information for projections and for DFS lineup optimizers for MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, college football, soccer, and uh, like we said, basketball. You have all all bases covered. You can use that 10-day free trial. Just go to rotowire.com slash pod and let them know Josh and Benny sent you. Thanks for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. You can check out uh, DJ Trainer. He should be back on uh, the ones and twos. Uh, manning the ship here next week so uh, I hope he has a great vacation you can, um, don't forget you can check out me on Twitter at Josh Hayes FS, Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and this show uh, five days a week on iTunes and Stitcher thanks for listening everybody we'll see you next time whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top notch performance That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.